let me begin this time in, with a little bit of prayer, and uh, we can jump on into the Word. You guys seem way too far away from me. Um, hi. Uh, l- let me pray, and we can begin. Uh, Lord, I just thank you and praise you for this morning, drawing us together as a body. I thank you uh, for what you have done in Christ to call us one body. I pray that as we look into your word and as we worship this morning, that we would just grow more in love with you, that we would see you and know you in a new way today, and in seeing you as who you really are, we would worship you. Just praise you and thank you, give you this time in your son's name. Amen. I'm going to take off my glasses so I can't see you. Um, uh, I'm going to start this time uh, with uh, true confessions a little bit. If you were to ask uh, my wife, um, what is Pat's top five favorite uh, movies, uh, my wife would blurt out really loud, his favorite movie is Why You're Sleeping. Uh, and and I, I would rebuke my wife for sharing that. Um, my, my wife has constantly shared uh, her surprise at the fact that her husband, who can be quite rough at times, loves chick flicks. Uh, But not only that, I love love songs too. Uh, I'm gonna date myself a little bit uh, by sharing these love songs with you. All we need is love. Uh, What the world needs now is love. Looking for love in all the wrong places. Uh, And later I'm going to have Daniel sing this one for you. Um, Can you feel the love tonight? (laughs) I I decided against singing it myself because I want you guys to stay for the rest of the sermon. Um, why, Why so many movies, why so many songs about love? Um, is the question I was left asking. And to get away from joking a little bit, um, I think it's because we live in a dry and weary land. We live in a a land that is broken by sin and has broken relationships, and it has left us hungry and thirsty in this land. And and love is one of those things that helps us kind of quench that thirst a little bit. It makes things uh, more bearable sometimes. And that was why I was so happy uh, to uh, present this message this morning, 
because I think it is is an answer to uh, something we all seek in some time of our life. Uh, so Kristen's going to pass some Bibles out if you don't have some. Um, we're going to be in First John, continuing in First John. We're going to be in First John uh, four seven through twenty one uh, today. And I'm going to begin uh, just by uh, reading uh, through the verses, and then we can talk a little bit about the origin of love and how that love has been shown to us and how we can show that love to one another. Um, so starting in, uh, in 1 John 4, 7 through 21. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God has been made manifest uh, among us, that God sent his only Son, into the world so that we might live through him. In this uh, is love, not that we have loved God, but that he has loved us and sent his Son to be a propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God uh, so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God if we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. Uh, by this, we know uh, that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Who conf whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God uh, God abides in him, and he uh, in God. So we have come to know and believe uh, the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides uh, in love abides in God, and God in him. By this is love perfected in us, so that we may have the confidence for the day of judgment. Because as he is also, also are we in the world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear. Uh, for fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love uh, God whom he has not seen. And this commandment uh, we have from him, whoever loves God must love his brother. So I, I want to just begin um, talking about the origin of love, because that is a lot of what this uh, passage uh, is about. Uh, in verses 
7 through 8, uh, you see two things. You see the nature of God is love. You see uh, it stated in verse 7, love is from God. And you see in verse 8, God is love. Um, and that, that's kind of a, can be a vague statement. Um, I hope you don't mind me walking around a little bit. That's what I do. Uh, that's kind of a vague statement uh, because even though it's short and concise, God is love and uh, love comes from God, what does that mean? And I think to myself, other verses, and one came to mind. Uh, it was uh, in Ephesians, I believe it's uh, verse 3 um, uh, of chapter 1. It says, from the beginning of the uh, world, before the uh, world was even formed, God chose us to be holy and blameless through his love. God is the originator of love. He is the one that that all love flows from. Even before we were created, he decided to show the love that was his to us. And this verse, these passages, this verse says it two different ways. God is love, uh, and all love comes from God, basically. And I'm a picture guy. Uh, I was trying to think of a picture uh, to um, show this. And unfortunately, I'm a drawing picture guy, not a word picture guy. Uh, so I stole a, a picture. Um, think of the sun. The sun um, is light and is heat. And anyone that sees the sun feels its light and heat. And this is the way it is with God. This is how we experience uh, God. And thank you, John Piper, for for writing that. Um, it would also, uh, we're, we're stepping into fall, uh, and uh, who here sat in, in front of a fire pit uh, over the summer? Uh, we don't generate our own heat. We stand in front of a fire. Uh, a fire is heat itself, and we experience the heat because we're close to it. And this is the nature of love uh, with God. We don't produce this. God is the originator and the source of this. Um, it goes on uh, in this uh, passage that uh, looking at verse 12, uh, no one has ever seen God if we love one another, God abides in us, and his uh, love is perfected in us. When you are born of God, a part of God is imparted uh, onto you. 
when you're born of God, his spirit comes into you and a part of this love nature starts to exist. And his desire for us is that this love nature would be perfected in us, would be completed in us. So what my plan is, is to go back and look at one time in history, one, one way that he showed love to us, and then discuss how he continues to show love to us, and then coming from that, how do we uh, show love to one another? So uh, these were, this passage talks greatly uh, about uh, a time that God showed uh, love to us. Verses 9 through 11. And he says that he sent uh, his son into the world so that we might live through him in this uh, is love. He sent his son, these verses say he sent his son as a propitiation, which is a big word. Uh, Basically, he sent his son to bear our wrath for our sin, and he bore that wrath upon himself. You know, we, before, all of us, before uh, we come to know Christ, God's word uh, says that we were objects of wrath. Uh, It says in Ephesians 2, 1 through 10, that uh, we were dead in our transgressions and sins. We followed the way of the uh, world. We followed the way of the ruler of this uh, world. Uh, By nature, we were people of disobedience. Uh, We lived uh, only to gratify the cravings of our flesh. And that was that held every thought that we had was those cravings. This was our nature. Uh, this is who we were. And God sent his son not to friends, not to perfect people. God sent his son in love to those that did not know him and did not follow him. Uh, uh, the book of John said we were hostile and loved the darkness and would not come into the light. And that was our nature. But God, who created us, loved us and sent his son to die for us even while we were still sinners, he walked. He left the comfort of being God. He took on uh, man. He became a servant, and he bore the cross. He was punished for our sins. He was punished uh, for what was there that was separating us from his love. 
And many of, many of you that are in this room know that to be true. And I praise God for that. Uh, some of you might, for the first time, have heard that truth. And it's starting to sink in a little bit. I would love to meet you face to face after the sermon. But some of us who even some of us who even know this truth that Christ died for us while we were sinners and he made us alive. I, I love Ephesians 2, 1 through 10 that also states that it was God's loving kindness uh, to send his son uh, to die for us and that we are raised with a, him and seated in the heavenly realms. And it wasn't our doing, it was only by grace. So none of us can boast, but the only thing we can boast in is Christ. Um, it was his loving act to us. And most of us uh, in this room even agree with that. But as time has gone along, um, we've settled for something less than that. Uh, in the days, in the nights that we're alone or when we're stressed, we depend on old ways or we settle for something that is not of God. And even in that sin, it causes us to feel, feel like we're not loved. And I love, I love uh, Dave's, Dave's quoted this book a few times uh, from the pulpit. I love the book, The Cure. Uh, and even when we think that all this sin that we've commute, uh, collected is separating us from uh, God and he's standing on the other heap of this sin and we don't see how uh, that's going to be um, taken down. The reality is God is love and he loves us so much he's standing right next to us and he's saying let's take care of this together. Um, he, he died for our, uh, to pay the penalty of the wrath that was against us because of sin and he died that way so we can be in relationship with the Heavenly Father and know that we are loved. In these verses, it says that uh, there is no fear in love. And I think that's important in realizing that we are never, those that have accepted this truth about Christ, we are never separated uh, from our Heavenly Father. That... There is no fear. It isn't me plus sin equals separation. It is me uh, plus sin equals the death of Christ equals righteousness uh, for us. There is no fear of condemnation. The debt has been paid. The penalty is gone. Yeah, I, I love um, 
1 John 3.16. By this we know uh, that we lay down his, his life for us. So the Son became our perpetuation, our payment, by laying down his life for us, dying for us. And this is how God shows love, because this is the way God is. Some of you guys in the room are going, I'm feeling pretty good now. Um, I, you know, I'm loved. I'm taken care of. He di- died for me. I'm feeling pretty special. Um, I, I, I love Romans uh, 5, 8. Um, it says, but God demonstrated his love for towards us in why we were still sinners, he died for us. In verse 10 of the John passage, it says, uh, in this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son. He is emphasizing that just as I began, that the origin of love is not us. It isn't in the decisions we make. It isn't in the good things that we do. The origin of love is God, and we're connected to him, and that love flows to us and allows it to flow through us. It wasn't any um, thing we decided. It wasn't anything that we do. It is who God is, and our boasting should be in him and our praise should be in him. Um, So, my question is, is with these two things being true, that God is love, and the fact that by him showing his love to us and us receiving that uh, love uh, through his son, how are we to treat one another? How are we to show that love? Um, How does the fact that God loves you result in you loving uh, one another? First of all, I want to state that the love that you show to one another is not your own. The love that you show to one another uh, has very little to really do with uh, yourself. When you accepted Christ uh, as your Savior, a part of God came and resided in you. We call it the Holy Spirit. A part of God's nature, a part of his being came and uh, took your heart of stone that was selfish, that was dead, that could not choose to love, and gave you a heart of flesh that could beat in the same way that God's heart beats. So the power and the authority that you have
have to even choose to love is not your own. It was given to you. This Holy Spirit connection, again, took your dead, selfish heart and replaced it with a loving heart so that his life becomes your life and that his love becomes your love. So I want to go back to uh, verse 11. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to uh, love one another. If we do not love one another, we don't really belong to God. And I, I think what it's saying here is when we accepted Christ and accepted his love, our nature changed. Uh, we went from death to life. And we have a new nature of love that is different than our old. And we ought to act in that nature. If we really transform we and really accept this, we ought to act differently. There should be a change. And I think sometimes we uh, fail to act in that change because we fail to see ourselves as God sees us. We fail to see ourselves as what he originally created us to be and what we've been restored to now uh, through Christ. Uh, I, I love this uh, uh, verse. Um, I have uh, Galatians 2.20. I have been cru- crucified with Christ and it is no longer uh, I who live, but Christ lives in me. The life which uh, I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loves me and gave himself uh, up for me. This is the way we ought to live, that our life isn't ours anymore, is God and the same love that drew us into this relationship is the love that we show. So, I'm going I'm to spend the last um, bit of this time um, talking about what that love might look like. Um, how, how might it uh, show itself? What is the result of being connected to this loving God, and how does that overflow uh, itself. Um, First John uh, three sixteen through eighteen uh, states: By this we know uh, love that He laid His life down for us. Uh, we ought to lay our uh, lay down our lives for our brothers. 
But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, he does God. He does God's. Does God love abide in him? Little children, let us not love the world, word or talk, but in deed and in truth. Don't let us talk about it or uh, let us, uh, but let us actually love, is it really saying? So, uh, anyone knows me, I'm usually not a person that's big on talking. And uh, if, if I am talking, I'm usually joking. Uh, uh, or, or I'm usually uh, trying to pray uh, while listening to you. I grew up in a military uh, family, and this, this phraseology... Um, was thrown around a lot. Talk is cheap. And I think one of the ways that we um, need to love one another is not just in word, but in deed. Um, uh, here at the Coffee Oasis, uh, we proclaim during the week, uh, we see a lot of youth and we proclaim the gospel many times, but at the same time, at the same instance, uh, we show tangible acts of uh, that love. Uh, because not to do that, a person can only hear talk a lot of times. But if we tangibly show love, they can experience that love and it can be connected to the message that we are um, saying. Here as a body, I think the way that we, um, one of the ways that we uh, show this love, what it looks like is in practical means. Can't just be talk. If you have a brother in need, there has to be practical means attached to that. Um, you, you can't leave them in the same place. Another uh, way that I find uh, love has to be showed, it has to be self-sacrificing love. If you're only doing what is comfort, comfortable, you're not truly loving. Um, it says that God laid down, that Jesus Christ laid down his life and he did this for his enemies. Uh, people that were hostile to him to call them to himself. We're in a body uh, here and there there are people that are hurting. There are people that are in need. And sometimes those people are me. And we need to be willing to go to the end for one another. 
and that sometimes means sacrifice. And finally, you guys are like me. You all have gifts. You all have time. You all have finances. Realizing that um, everything you have is God's. It was given to you by his gracious hand. And you can choose to give that in love and see him glorified. The gifts that uh, we are given are not given to us so we can hold on to them. It is given to us so we can give them away. I love this message because it places the glory where glory belongs. That is Christ, that, that is God that does all these things. But it also does call us to respond. We live in a dry and weary land that desperately uh, needs love. God is the source of the love, but we carry the buckets sometimes to quench the thirst in this dry and weary land. Thanks for listening.